pull this up and there we go. Okay, ready to start. All right. Hi, wine nerds. Uh, welcome back to House Wine. I thought we would do a mini-sode today in preparation for a very juicy set of episodes, uh, which we're going to do on Bordeaux. There is so much to process, <laughs> so much that is happening in Bordeaux, and the grapes are so famous that I thought I would give us a little bit of a running start and uh, we could talk about the Cabernet family of grapes first so that when we were actually going uh, into the episode, we won't be hearing about all these grapes and their histories for the first time uh, while we're also trying to learn about, you know, all those things that we love to talk about like Appalachians, wine law, all of my favorite things. So no announcements today. Let's get into it. If you have had wine in your life, you have probably had a Cabernet Sauvignon. Uh, love it or hate it, it has probably crossed your lips, uh, stained your teeth, and given you a wicked hangover. Uh, such is the power of Cabernet Sauvignon, the world's by far most popular and most planted grape. This is really where we pose the question, but why and how did this grape climb to the very top of the ladder and become essentially the king of grapes. Well, historically, uh, we didn't really know very much about Cabernet Sauvignon. We knew that it shared uh, the Cabernet, part of its name, with some other grapes like Cabernet Franc. And we knew that it also shared the last part of its name with some other grapes like Sauvignon Blanc. And that's really the Sauvignon part of the name is really what tripped up grape historians for so long. It was believed that Sauvignon uh, came from the root word sauvage, which in French just means wild. So it was pretty much just assumed for the better part of basically like the 19th and some of the 20th century that Cabernet Sauvignon, due to its wide amount of plantings and popularity, was the founding grape of the Cabernet family, and that it had been planted domestically from wild grapes. Well, this is false. <laughs> we know now that Cabernet Sauvignon is actually the baby of the family. Uh, it's one of the youngest in an illustrious family of grapes that makes some of the world's most famous wines and uh, is planted really in some of the world's most famous wine regions. It makes wines that are, you know, $10, and it also makes wines that are $10,000. So how did this grape come to be? Well, let's break it down. That's why we're here. The parent grape of this whole family, uh, the grape that started it all, is actually called Savagnin, a white grape that is also sometimes called Treminer. And this is grown throughout the Alpine regions of France. Uh, it's notable in the Jura. It's grown in Italy. It's grown in Austria. Uh, it's grown a little bit in southern Germany. And this is one of those really old, old grapes. They don't actually know which grape that it crossed with. But when it did cross with this mystery grape, uh, it gave us two very famous offspring, and those are Chenin Blanc, which we're not really going to talk about today, and Sauvignon Blanc. Sauvignon Blanc was really the grape that spawned the whole Cabernet family tree, because almost every grape that was parented from Sauvignon Blanc, including many of its grandchildren, its great-grandchildren, have the same flavor and aroma compound in the grape, and it's a naturally occurring compound and that is called pyrazine. Now, this is a term that uh, sommeliers and wine enthusiasts just kind of like to throw around and toss around, 
you know, when they're pretending that being a sommelier uh, somehow also makes you a scientist. Uh, quick PSA, it does not. But this flavor is generally a flavor that humans like. But some of us really don't like it when it's too present in certain foods. And that is the flavor of, for lack of a better term, greenness. Classic tasting notes for a Sauvignon Blanc might include things like grass, green pepper, chive, asparagus, or even jalapeno if the climate is a little bit warmer. Foods that we know have pyrazinic tastes are things like green peppers, cilantro, dill, parsley, lettuce, cucumber. Uh, And remember, this is a spectrum, so you can like cucumber and Sauvignon Blanc, but not like cilantro because you might not mind pyrazines, but you don't love pyrazines. But seriously, (laughs) to a degree, uh, we all do sometimes enjoy this flavor. If you did not at all enjoy pyrazines, then you would have never eaten a salad. (laughs) Your diet would lack all green vegetables. Uh, We have really evolved as humans to like this taste and this flavonoid for a reason. It is in our genes. So Sauvignon Blanc is full of this, and it's a trait that it really passed down to its children. There was, however, another grape, a red grape, uh, that originated in the Basque region of Spain that was basically the red equivalent to Sauvignon Blanc, and this is Cabernet Franc. Cabernet Franc and Sauvignon Blanc met somewhere in the south of France, probably in the 16th or 17th century, and when they crossed, they created Cabernet Sauvignon. Now, not all the time do flavors and aromas of grapes get passed down from, uh, like, get passed down to the offspring grape. Remember, there are so many natural mutations and variations of grapes, and the grapes we drink, most of the wine grapes that we drink anyways, are made through clonal selection and not bred to be the way they are. So if we just drank grapes from the wild, they might have bred in or out these flavors long ago. But I digress. Cabernet Sauvignon really got the pyrazines from both of its parent grapes. Green is the distinct flavor marker of Cabernet Sauvignon. But it also got a few other things too. It got high yields and it got a thick skin, both of which means that this grape is very easy to grow. The high yields of fruit on the vine mean that you can make a lot of wine, and the thick skins mean that it is more resistant to issues like rot and mold. Not impervious, just more resistant. And that is a very attractive, or two very attractive attributes in a place like Bordeaux, where they are right by the ocean, and they get a lot of rain. But Bordeaux wasn't the only one to notice the way in which this grape can grow in a variety of climates and places. And that is one of the reasons why this grape is now grown on every single continent of the world. Yes, they have an honorary Cabernet Sauvignon vine in Antarctica just to make it complete, or at least they did at one point. Uh, Please feel free to fact check that and let me know. But I do remember reading that that was a thing. Cabernet Franc also went on to parent Merlot and Malbec in the southwest of France, which are also a part of the Cabernet family tree. And at one point, though Malbec not so much anymore, they were all grapes that were used to make Bordeaux and all went on to have a lot of success internationally. It's really no secret that Malbec has gone on to find an incredible success in the New World and is wildly popular in Argentina. Cabernet Franc also went on to make Carmenere uh, when it crossed with a grape called Gros Cabernet. 
Carmenere you'll usually find making wines these days from Chile, but they also do use it as a blending partner uh, sometimes in the wines of Bordeaux. But all the Cabernet family share this one really important thing, and that is that green taste. It's those pyrazines. So if you put your nose in a glass of wine and you smell stewed green pepper, chives, or grass, then you may just be sipping on a grape that comes from the Cabernet family. Because even though Sauvignon Blanc and Cabernet Franc don't share any of the same parentage, they do share one very important quality, and that is the thing that puts them in this family group. So if you learned a little bit more about the world's most popular family of grapes today, basically the Brady Bunch of grapes, then you probably already know uh, what I'm going to say, that this is a 100% independent podcast. I make it every week because I love studying wine, and I want to make it easier for all of us to learn together. So like it, rate it, review, subscribe. Uh, that helps out a lot. But the best way you can help is by telling a friend that you love to drink wine with about it. Next week, we are going to belly flop uh, right into Bordeaux. It's one of my favorite wine regions of all time. So be prepared for some pretty passionate tangents about why I think you should drink it. Uh, if you have a correction or a comment, I love hearing from you guys at housewinepodcast.gmail.com or on Instagram at housewinepodcast. If you're confused about pyrazines, pick up a bottle of $15 Chilean Carmenere. I promise you, you will never wonder what they are again. Also, you may never forgive me. Carmenere is a, it's a special one. <laughs> Have a great week, guys.